For those of us that don't know who you are, can you give us a quick bio, who you are, what you do, and where you're from? Absolutely. I'm so excited to be with you and honored um, for the invite, Ogechi. Um, I am a image and style strategist, aka a fashion stylist and image consultant, creative director of sorts, uh, located outside of Orlando, Florida. I work mainly in New York City and in the Orlando, Tampa area. And I'm just really excited to be with you guys today. Thank you. Um, so what was it like growing up in Florida and who inspired you when you were growing up? Growing up, uh, it's so funny because I grew up in a really small town. And I, the funny part is my dad is a, was a pastor and a cowboy but he's a black guy, right? So because <laughs> so oh, so wow. it, it it was a little bit of a, a different dynamic, I guess you could say, right? My mom's white, um, she's a teacher, and did a lot of um, writing for the Department of Education, and um, helped with like teachers' editions for like Houghton Mifflin and things. Uh, we traveled a lot, thank God, um, because I really got an opportunity through my life experiences to, you know, get the grace and the goodness and the, um, the organic, I guess, genuineness that comes from a small town life. But then I also got to see and feel and have experiences, you know, outside of going to the Smithsonian and Washington, you know, D.C. and traveling all over. So I got I really feel like in so many ways they, they really gave me the best of both worlds so that I could, you know, make my mind up later on about what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. Wow, that's really cool. But you're right, you do get the best of both worlds. You get that small town vibe. So what was it like being a daughter of a pastor? <laughs> um, I, I was fine with it. I, I loved, I loved church as an adult. Um, as a kid, I, I, I liked it, you know, but I really, I liked the singing part. Um, so it was great because again, I, I feel like my dad's training of me didn't really come through church. It came from every day of him saying to me, you let's, what can we do better? you know, how can we, how can we do that better? What did God say about that? You know, he, he really did an awesome job of showing me his faith, you know, and, and not, not, there are a lot of things I thought dad said out loud, but I realized he showed me through his life. And it, it's, mm -hmm. it's amazing because that's how I know God now, you know, and then my mom really showed me 
through her gifting, um, long, like long suffering from the standpoint of, yes, the breakthrough is coming. Yes, we use our faith for something bigger, but we're also going to endure until we see it. So I think they really mm-hmm. both, they really both played a factor in the way I, I, the way I operate and see things and feel things in this moment. And the way that I see the world as bigger, I'm so grateful for because that comes through my faith. That comes through me understanding that we serve a God that is bigger than our right now and bigger than our address and bigger than our bank account, you know, bigger than what our minds conceive. And he really put us here for something great in the earth. And so it's, it's just that it's an amazing thing because that's what I got from my dad being a pastor. Wow. We serve a God that's bigger than our right now. That is so, um, that's so truthful. And I really like that perspective because it allows you to dream and think big, but it also allows you not to, it allows you to surrender, right? That God sees past even the way that you can see for yourself and you can dream big, but you might even have things bigger than you can ever dream. And I, I, I look to you for someone that is really confident, not just in style, and beauty and everything like that, but also just like you exude um, that grandeur of like hope, and it's like you're unashamed in your hopefulness, your positivity, your confidence. Were you always this comfortable in who you are, comfortable in your skin, or was it a process? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, no. <laughs> And sometimes <laughs> one day someone's going to say yes. Someone's going to be like, absolutely. They're lying. They're lying to you. You know why? Because <laughs> listen, the, the thing that we're all, we're all searching for who we are. Every one of us. I don't care what your bank account looks like. I don't care uh, what your faith is. I don't care who you believe is God, whatever. Okay. Everybody is trying to search for who they are. And if they feel like they found mm. themselves, they're stagnant and stuck and angry, okay? Because they're hurt mm. and p- mad about what they found, all right? That's what that is, okay? So when I realized that I had to stop searching for myself and just start becoming myself, listen, um. everything changed for me. Everything changed for me. I can pinpoint last year reading... Now, I've always been a person who worked on myself, right? Like, I'm a big, like, um, I'm a huge Les Brown, Tony Robbins, um, Lisa Nichols. I, I love any, since I was a little kid, loved anything, motivational speeches, anything like that, right? I just, I eat it up. Love Gary Vee. You know, I just, I love motivation. But in November... After a conference that I do called um, Transformed, we read the book um, Jabez Prayer by Dr. Bruce Wilkinson. In the month of November, I think I read that book five or seven times, like just over and over and over and over again. Wow. And when I realized through this book that Jabez humbles himself before the Lord, and he's a man named Pain, like, and they think that his name is Jabez because of the pain his mother experienced during childbirth. So imagine your pain being so much that you name your child pain. And everywhere you go, 
someone is calling you pain. I realize that in our lives, somewhere along the way, we all name ourselves something. And for a lot of us, we name ourselves things like chaos, depression, hurt, never going to be enough, you know, all these things. And we allow that to become our address. And then we live somewhere on the corner of Payne Street and the, the cross street is chaos. And we make our address there and we start to look around and see that everybody else in our family is in that same state. Now we think that that's a generational thing. Like I have to stay in poverty or hurt or devastation or chaos or depression or alcoholism or drug addiction because everybody else in my family is like that. And that is not the truth. God did not make a mistake when he made us, right? And so my confidence Mm -hmm. comes from really existing in the purpose that God gave me. I have no confidence in me as a person and what I can put my hands to. I don't care about that. I am fallible. I am going to fail. But my full and sole confidence comes from the fact that I serve a God that cannot fail. Even if it looks to the outside world like I failed in that moment, he has something greater for me. And so every day I just tap into what Dr. Bruce Wilkinson um, talked about in Jabez's prayer of God's capacity. I'm trying my hardest not to live in my capacity and to live in God's capacity, which is bigger and greater than anything I could ever know. And it's like my life just started opening up over these last few months, and my, my confidence just, like, has boosted and busted and, you know, is just busting through, and the blessings that are just coming down from that are just crazy. But the other thing is, a couple months ago, um, in my prayer time, the Lord had shared with me that the reason the next level had not come in my life was because I had not left room in my life for the next level of his manifestation. I had my everyday, you know, thought process on how things went and what I could expect and how it was going to go. I wasn't leaving room for miracles. Wow. So yeah. I had to go back, you know, and, 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 and rethink that. And I, I wake up and I try a couple times a week to say, you know what, let me stand in front of this window today. Or during my prayer time, let me talk to you, God, and let me let me tell you, I am leaving space in my life for your miracles. I am leaving space in my life for the next level of manifestation. I'm leaving space in every room of my house, in my bank account, in my business, in my connections, and I, I'm holding space for greater in my life because I want to leave room for what you need to do because it's not about what I need to do anymore. And that used to be the thing that really scared me. So when my, when my confidence came, it's when I gave up trying to be the controller of it all. It's when I gave up thinking that I was the one who knew better than God. It's when I gave up trying to be so perfect that I couldn't be real. You know, before this podcast started, you and I were just talking about how, you know, the key is not perfection, but consistency. I, I'm just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's part of like, that not perfection but consistency yes I apply that to doing this podcast but also I think that so many of us we might know or recognize ways that God is asking us to like move into a bigger space and because we see ourselves as imperfect or we live on those cross streets of chaos and brokenness or whatever we don't think that that exists in the address like you said that we've placed ourselves in. And I really love, I mean, I'm take, I took so many <laughs> notes down. Um, living in God's capacity, not our own capacity. Again, if you're bold enough to accept and create that space for God to work in your life, amazing things can and will happen. And I think one moment that I look to that I really feel like 
God is really showing up when I couldn't figure out how and why things amazing things were happening was when I first met you. Um, I don't know <laughs> how many years I, ago was that? Like, <laughs> I think it was, I think it was two years, years ago. ago because it was it was right before yes, the yeah. started the blog. So I think yeah. So yes, yeah, yeah. And I look at that as just such a an an awesome moment we spent the whole day together we didn't know each other (laughs) yes I have to tell this story let me tell this story so I took a leap of faith to even go to New York I had been in my with my blog and doing my blog for maybe a year and a half and I saw I kept researching fashion week and it was always on my like I would love to go to fashion week this would be a dream to go to fashion week who knows if it's ever going to happen? Da, 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 And so I started doing some networking and connecting with people. And I was just like, there's this event that, that's taking place. And um, at the very least, I can, like, go to this networking event. And it's a weekend away in New York. And I had asked a friend that I went to high school with who lived in New Jersey, which isn't too far from New York City, if I could stay with her. She said yes. So that was one check. I had a place to stay. The next was, like, I could afford the bus fare because I didn't um, want to drive up there. I bought my bus ticket. I took off that day of work. It was just going to be a long weekend. And then I, through my networking and just like throwing it out there and being like, God, if this is for me, let's see what happens. Someone luckily didn't want their VIP, the couple VIP fashion show tickets. So I got to go to a presentation and a fashion show. And I felt like such an imposter because I had this really tiny blog, no following. My sense of style is very much like office chic, librarian Which chic. Which is a thing, by the way, darling. That that is it a is look. a thing. But then I'm, but then I met you, and I like, I'm waiting in this line, and then I get moved up because I'm VIP, and I feel super super fancy. And then I got to be like the first people to go into this presentation for this amazing designer, and. I stand next to you and you just like zeroed in on me and you could tell that you had like a laser focus. It was almost, again, it wasn't almost, I believe with all my heart that God was like, okay, Liz, she needs your help. And you were like, baby girl, like, you look lost. Come here, baby. Like, baby. Come on, girl. And you like took me under your wing, you and Stephanie and just, um, you were just like, okay, stand here, put your, put your phone here. You have your camera, put your camera here. And like, don't let anyone bump into you. Cause I mean, fashion week can be cutthroat. People are not (laughs) as nice. And you pretty much like made space for me in that room. And then we had lunch and I've seen you since in other shows. And it's been like, every time I see you, if I ever feel like a lack of confidence, I, it, it evaporates because you're just like, you create such a space for people to be poured in with affirmations and support. I always wonder like who that I like to be that person for some of my friends, like the mama bear with my friends. And so it was cool being on the receiving end of that. Who is that for you in your Ooh. life or who has been that oh, for you in your life? Crying oh, don't cry. please. You know, I think um, for any of us who have ever felt like we weren't enough, that's all we could ever hope for is that we could be that person for someone else. Oh my gosh, Liz, please don't cry. You're going to make me cry. Okay, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I just feel like... Um, 
when I first started going to Fashion Week, um, I met some nice girls, but I but they were kind of mean girls too. And I was glad. Mm-hmm. Now I'm very glad. And now I'm actually good friends with them too. <laughs> um, <laughs> Funny how um, that happens. I, I swore, I swore that I would never be the girl that made anybody else feel like that. And I swore that I would always, that there, you know, one, you know, a poverty mindset says that there's only room for two people at the top. Mm. And so when I just got into that flow of like, no, man, there's, there's, there's so much here. There's a plethora of, of places at the top, right? And the other thing that I realized a couple of years ago was that you got to take people with you to the top. You cannot be the person who's like, oh, I'm going by myself. I need to be the queen of it all. Yes. And the reason is because when you get to the mountaintop, there's wind up there, right? Any, any, any. Any mountain climbing documentary that you you can watch, one of the things they're going to tell you is you have to prepare for the snow and the wind, right? So what does that tell you? You need warmth, companionship, because there's a mental game that's going to happen when you get there, right? You need people around you. So what I had to realize, and this is what New York Fashion Week taught me. I I often, I'm like, yes, I'm here for the fashion, but... But it's like I, I don't ever see what's actually in front of me. I, I'm always getting so many other things um, in my – it, it, through my, my gaze, I guess you could say, right? Um, I realized yes. through Fashion Week that when you could have an expansive mindset and say, hey, there's room for everybody at the top, and I got to be the person who, lead, who, who, sit, who strategically saves room for others. And who, who when you meet somebody – and you can automatically say, I'm not, I'm not saving space for your lowest self. I, am, I meet you today to remind you that you are greater. Wow. And I felt that. That's what, yes. for me, that's when, when I meet someone, it's my natural thing that I've, once I realized what that thing was that I had, which I realized it through a conversation with one of my other best friends, Aisha, um, you know, I was getting out of a relationship. I tell this story all the time because this, this in my in the last, I would say, like five to ten years and probably my whole life. This was a game changer conversation. Again, I never see things the way I never get from someone what they're actually saying. I always feel like, oh, this is a whole lesson. Right. I'm a very holistic thinker. So I had just gotten out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. This was like two years ago. I had just gotten out of a relationship and. You know, it was weird because I wasn't heartbroken. I was sad that it was over, but I wasn't heartbroken. And I actually was super glad that it was over. (laughs) And Aisha and I were sitting there, and she was like, I think that you feel this way because you didn't even have space for him in your life. And it's just one more thing off of your to-do list. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I think you're right. And she was like, what are you holding space in your life for? What do you have space for type of thing? You know, and I was like, wow. And so she thought she was talking about a relationship. I realized she was talking about my whole life. Like, what do you have space for in your life? Do you have space for the next level of God? Do you have space for success? Do you have space for time, for love, for joy, for peace, for success? What do you have space for? Or is it so cluttered in your life that you don't, you don't know what's happening? That you, you look like you're going forward on Facebook and on Instagram, but you're not actually because you don't have space for anything new. You only have space for the next cycle that's going to bring you right back here in another two years. So for me, 
you know, when I meet people, it's all about me holding space, learning to hold space for their greatest self to shine, realizing that there is room for everybody at the top, that we need each other when we go to the mountaintop because you need warmth, right? You, you need support. If the wind shifts, I need to be able to lean on you for a minute. And so just holding space also because, you know, there were a lot of times, a lot of places in my life where somebody told me what I wasn't. You know, when I go back to a prayer of Jabez, somebody named him pain. Somebody named me chaos once upon a time. Somebody named me mm. hurt. I named myself depression. You know, I named myself um, not good enough. I named myself all these things. And so when you can pull those labels off of yourself and say none of that has to be my address because I was made by a God who's greater than that. None of that. And I may not know what I'm looking at in the mirror, but I'm going to tell you who created me and I'm his image. And I might not like what I see in the mirror, but I, I'm going to pick out something I like about or I'm going to find one thing and that's going to help me like something else. Right. At that point, yes. because I had gained yeah. 100 pounds, you know, it didn't matter anymore. It was like, OK, well, she's still got a shoulder on her and a thick thigh. So we'll take it, you know. Yes. And, and, yes. And thick that, thighs. You know, thick thighs save lives, sis. <laughs> And, and, and it yes. became, you know, a thing of, you know, we're in a society that tells us that we're not enough, that, that tells us that we shouldn't fall in love with ourselves, that tells us that we're not enough so they can keep us buying and purchasing things. Guess what? If I love myself, I'm going to buy and purchase things still because she's a queen. Okay? Thank you. She deserves royalty. So I, I quit training myself and quit training myself to train other people that they weren't good enough, right? I trained myself that I was good enough. And even when I don't believe it, I say it out loud. Um, and, and I just started realizing that trying to work on finding myself was the biggest waste of my time. She, you're already there. What do you, everything you need is inside of you. And if that's true, then just dig it out. Stop trying to find it like you lost your keys. You got this. Yes. Wow. I mean, I, I love that image of going up a mountain and you do experience the elements, the wind, the snow, hail, whatever. And if you think of people that travel Mount Everest, they need a Sherpa. They need someone to help carry the load with them, because even if you're ascending, it's it gets heavier and heavier, the higher and higher you climb, you stumble, you carry burdens that you don't even realize you're carrying and sometimes people choose to go back down the mountain because it's scary up there and if, if you haven't created a community a support system if you haven't created um the energy that you need around you to support you when those moments come those elements hit you you're not gonna like it up there at all and you see that time and time again with celebrities who have everything that you could like imagine or seemingly having everything you could imagine and they're unhappy they don't like it they'd rather just be unknown because again that that level of fame support or whatever may not have been what they needed or desired um so you have a pageant background which is always interesting to me i never I think you're like the third person that I've recorded with that has done pageants. So I think there's some sort of like common theme <laughs> with like amazing women and pageants. Obviously, I feel like that's why they were started. So what was that background? How did you get into it? And is there like a particular memory that sticks with I you? I actually started in eighth grade, I think. 
um, my cheerleading mm. coach was the head of the pageant in our county. And she said, hey, Liz, you know, you already have a talent. Uh, because I took dance classes and, and I was a competitive dancer. And she was like, you already have a talent. We need more girls. Do you think you would do it? You think your mom would let you do it? And I was like, I don't know. But I, I've always watched the Miss America pageant. So, and my dad had always said to me, like, one day that can be you. And I was like, yeah, dad, you're right. So I knew at least my dad would go for it. But, <laughs> but I didn't know, you know, if my mom would go for it type of thing. And so I was just like, all right, well, I'm just going to try it. Because I was so excited about it, about the thought of doing this pageant. And, you know, I'm from the South as well. So, hello, we love a pageant and some football. And so <laughs> I, I went home <laughs> and I asked my mom about it. My mom, you know, being an educator, was like, do smart girls do pageants? And I was like, I mm. don't because, like, you're a, you know, grade A student, like, you're an athlete, like, I don't, I don't know about this. And I was like, Mom, please, I'll practice so hard. And, and they had a, an interview portion. And I was like, Mom, they have an mm. interview portion. Like, clearly I have to be smart to answer the question, you know. She was like, oh, I don't know. So I was like, listen, like, I will do everything. You don't have to do anything but pay for it. I will, I, I will figure it all out. Like, you just, just. So she winds up agreeing. Um, I go to my dance teacher, who, thank God, had done pageants. And my dance teacher was like, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And so I did it the first year. And when I did it, it was, um, I was like second runner up or something like that. And uh, I did it again. And finally, I was like, I'm going to do it one more time, mom. And, you know, just really practice hard and all this stuff. And so I won like my third time doing it. I was Miss Teen Sumter County, which is like, clearly, in a small town, that is you being absolute royalty. I mean, I went to the gas station and people were like, this is our Miss Teen Sumter County. So, I bet, you know, I wore makeup 24 hours a day. For, <laughs> like, I still don't go to fairs because you had to be at the fair every single day. Um, I, yeah, oh, like my gosh. Now, let me say this, though. I, girl, In that heat? I had more fun that Ooh. week. Like, it was amazing. So I don't know if I don't like fairs now because nothing will ever measure up to that or if I just got so tired of being there mm -hmm. that week. But I wasn't tired of being there because, you know, it wasn't awesome. Like, hello, you're the queen of the whole fair. Like, let's, <laughs> let's walk around with a crown on. It was great. And the people were great. Um, you know, my mom was concerned in the beginning, to be honest, because they had not had a biracial or black Miss Teen Sumter County before. Um, so my, my mm. mom said the first time I wanted to do it, like, you need to be okay with the fact that you might not win. They might not want someone that's different. And then when I did it, I realized, uh, no, I just need to perfect my game. You know, like, so yeah. I, it was, yes. and, but my thought process was, well, I just have to be so good that they can't say no. So, you know, I, I, mm. I'm super grateful because. In this small town, I learned so many lessons about persistence, about gratitude, about gratefulness, about um, joy, about genuine connection. I think that's why I'm so focused on genuine, genuine connection when I network and meet people because, you know, I don't want to be someone who just uses people for things. Like, I want to be someone that 
isn't used for my talent. So I want to treat people how I want to be treated. You know, I want to give them love and kindness and joy. And so that has been something that I've been really focused on. And, and you know, I'm, I'm grateful for where I, where I grew up for that. Wow. I mean, that's a great, someone else could say like, oh, I couldn't wait to get out of this like terrible small town or whatever. I saw bigger and better things, but you appreciate that perspective and that lesson that you got from being in that town. And you did it once, did it twice, third time was the charm. And I mean, you ended up being a trailblazer because your mom's discomfort or concern was valid um especially given the history of no not having any winner that was black or biracial and then you become that winner and then you now affirm that dream that desire for another little black girl or biracial black girl that um wants that for herself or had that goal and then she can go to her mom or dad and say like look Liz did it I could do it And that representation is so important. And sometimes it really does take someone like you to um, really go through the persistent process of carving a path and a reputation of of doing good work and showing up and showing up and giving them a reason, like you said, to, to not deny you the opportunity to win. I love the fair, <laughs> so it makes me sad that you I don't like fairs. I've tried, girl. I've tried. I tried going to. I tried going to the <laughs> fair one time. I tried going to like you know all these different things, and I just I, I wonder now that I'm really thinking about it if the memory of it is not so special to me that I just feel like like what what is this like who you can't be the queen of this fair, <laughs> you know? Yes. But I, I I think that you hit the nail on the head with with representation. You know, um, representation yes. is uh, imperative is not even a strong enough word for for the importance of representation and the importance of, of our voices and our visuals. And no matter what community you come from, having a positive representation of who you are is so important and such a beautiful moment because when you begin to see yourself, you begin to think, well, I can be anything. And, and I don't know that mm-hmm. we've ever really said out loud or honored out loud how hard it is to become something that you can't see. Yes. Visual, I mean, people are visual people. If you have the ability to see, you see the beauty, you see the, the ugliness, you see everything in the world, and you want to see yourself, Right. I feel like sometimes we see ourselves better than we can see ourselves in the mirror. If we look to people that we admire, we see the possibilities of dreams. My One of my favorite people to admire oh, is yes. Serena Williams. I will never, ever, ever be a tennis player. I think my dad tried to make my sister and I the next <laughs> Venus and Serena. And once I figured out that eye-hand coordination wasn't it, it was that dream was over. But I still admired her because... In all of her, like, athleticism, her thickness, her boldness, her outspokenness, her anger, which, you know, women aren't supposed oh, to be angry. And and she was angry, but good. She gave people, she shut people up by her work ethic, her consistency, her record, her power, her strength. And um, I see so much of myself as an athlete and as a woman 
And now, you know, whatever that happened to me as a mom, now seeing how she is as a mom, I admire her and she's been an example of representation in media and sports and just in society that really validated me at a time that I needed it and didn't even know that I needed it. So I don't know if she's listening. <laughs> hey girl, <laughs> I would love to sit down and have some tea with you and Quake. Thank you. But um, she's probably, she's no, probably not, not, not listening, not but that would not be yet. amazing. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. One day she's going to look back and be like, Hey, I heard you talking about me right. on this podcast. But I think like you said, that representation, that positive representation of the capabilities that we have or may not even see for ourselves is so important and so key. So as someone that is a style consultant or image and style consultant, what do you tell your clients as they step into maybe it's modeling, maybe it's a pageant, maybe it's um, a job interview, you know, Maybe they want to create a wardrobe that they feel so confident in that they show up to that space that they've created for themselves or God has created for them, sorry, that they show up with purpose and confidence. What do you tell clients? I love love those two words together, first of all, okay? Purpose and confidence. Because I always say, I believe in shapewear, okay? I'm a big believer in shapewear. But before you even put your shapewear on, confidence has got to be your first garment a a belief in your Mm. purpose and in yourself um i always say that it's more than style because it it is about purpose and confidence and so when you begin to dress yourself whether you're going to be on stage or you're going to an interview for you know a greater job i have a lot of clients right now who are in the corporate sector who are you know refurbishing and and revving up their LinkedIn's because they're getting ready to go to another level with, you know, their Mm -hmm. businesses and, and with their, uh, with getting like a new job. I have one who's been an an executive for 20 years at this one, you know, place. And now she's like, you know what? I deserve more money and I'm going to go get it. And I'm like, you go girl. What? Because that's representation for her daughter. I'm going to go get what I'm worth. And so when I think about dressing a client, when I think about how we prepare ourselves and how we adorn ourselves, I always think about Queen Esther. Perhaps you were born for such a time as this. And so when you go to your closet every day to get ready for work and you start thinking about, hey, I was born for such a time as this. That I love girl, Esther. Don't don't you get me started on some good old Esther. I love <laughs> some Esther. Her bravery. And I really believe for all women, we are in an Esther season. It is time for us to be brave. It's time for us to stand up for what we believe in. And when we get dressed every day, that's us putting on our armor to stand up for what we believe in, to have purpose and showcase confidence. And yes. so it's important that your clothing fits correctly. It's important that um, you're not pulling on your garments as you ascend into the room, queen. Not as you walk into, as you ascend into the room, queen. Come on, on, ascend, ascend, right? I'm not worried about you trying to be some masculine blah, blah, blah. No, baby, ascend. Ascend, because you're the queen. 
And so when we begin to say, hey, I'm the queen of this. I'm the queen of my purpose. I'm the queen of my destiny. You should adorn yourself differently. You should begin to invest in your wardrobe. You should begin to care about your silhouette and your shape from the standpoint, not of, well, I'm not good enough because I'm an 18 or a 14 or a 6 or whatever. Because let me tell you something. I am in people's closets who are a 6, who are a 28, who are a 24, who are a size 16, and everybody's saying the same thing. So please don't think that you're going to lose weight and it's going to be better. It is possible if you don't work Mm -mm. on yourself for you to lose weight and be a smaller version of a miserable person. Get your mind out of your size being the ticket. Please let that go. Please let that go. Your mind has to be focused on, I'm going to maximize what I have here right now. Because let me tell you something. Everything you need is within you. Everything. All of the goodness, all the joy, all the success. If they won't give it to you, you must make your own platform. If they won't let you have that promotion, promote yourself within your mind and watch the rest of it happen. Start walking into that room with a new blazer, right? Embroider your, uh, embroider your initials on your new blazer as if you are your own queen and you're with your own crest. Begin to, to do something new. Buy yourself a new pair of pearls. When you look good, you feel good. And we often only equate when you look good, you feel good with like um, vanity, you know? No, you are a queen. So into your destiny. Think about when a queen is crowned, right? She has a full coronation. Have you coronated yourself? Have you had your own coronation? Have you walked in and let them see the real you, darling? Because I'm quite sure that you haven't. I'm quite sure that you, because we all do this, Ogechi. We apologize for being fabulous every day. We, as women, we're taught to apologize for being brilliant. We're taught to apologize for being awesome and amazing and incredible. Mm-hmm. And so I'm telling everyone that is listening, I'm telling you, Ogechi, and me, right? Because as, as I minister to you, so must I minister to myself and so into myself as well, because this is an us thing. This is not a one queen on top game. This is an all the queens reigning together thing, right? When you begin to sew into that woman that you know yourself to be, You've seen her in the mirror. You had her hairbrush and you were singing at the top of your lungs like you're a little five-year-old kid. If you take that same energy into the workplace, watch how quickly you'll become the boss. You watch. You hide and watch. When you begin to unapologetically love on you and unapologetically care, the most rebellious thing that you can ever do is love. And the greatest of these is love. The most rebellious thing you can ever do is love. Love yourself and love others. And when you love yourself and you love others, if you love an organization, you donate to that organization, right? Could be the Boys and Girls Club, could Mm -hmm. be your church, uh, could be another um, Girls Inc., you know, any other uh, nonprofit or 501c3. Why is it then that you feel so guilty when you sow into yourself? Aren't you good enough to receive? Mm. I'm just sitting here listening to you (laughs) preach. I mean... That's true. The greatest commandment, I mean, those that might be not listening or that are listening that might not be Christian, but Jesus in the in the gospel says when he's asked, is the greatest commandment is to love God and to love him with all your heart, all your might, all your soul, and you are the image of God. So what kind of disservice are you doing if you do not love yourself? 
And whether you have faith or don't, I think this message is so important because what can you gain from the world without first giving to yourself? Nothing the world can provide you will ever feed you the way that you can feed you. Um, One of my first guests, she says, no one can love you the way that you can love you or care for you the way that you can care for you. And I think of it so much is because it's like you cannot ask people if for relationships, for work, whatever, to do something you cannot do yourself. And one of my biggest pet peeves is to be a hypocrite. And I realized that I was a hypocrite because I'm asking my best friends to like, be confident, you know, you're, you deserve the world, da, 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 da. but I was then going home and like talking smack about mm-hmm. myself. And I had a good friend that was like, okay, so that's enough of this. No more saying negative things about yourself. And it took work because I was so used to saying like, oh, you know, I literally used to be like, I'm trash. And it's like, what does that say? Like, even if you're joking, that kind of side jokes or those kind of silly remarks I'm like I'm not that great or like whatever I'm whatever that devalues the amazingness of who you are and so I'm good I'm confident it takes a lot of work for me I I fear being prideful and so I used to equate saying positive affirmations and positive affirmations is not one of my love languages at all and so I shy away from kind words about myself because I grew up hearing the opposite, being bullied, being told that I was less than, and I internalized a lot of that, or worse, being told that I was great by people whose actions showed me that I actually wasn't valuable to them. And so kind words meant nothing to me because those actions didn't match up with the words that I received. And so for me, I had to realize that I can say kind things to myself, but because my love language isn't words, I have to do acts of service for myself because that is my love language. And so what do I do that is an act of service to Ogechi? And I think like embracing my style, making sure that I feel comfortable in my skin, no matter the weight, and we all fluctuate or whatever, but body positivity, which you are such a great proponent of, isn't about like not caring about your health, or whatever negative stigma people attach to it. It's about showing up confidently the way you are in the best version of yourself in that. So if you're a size 28 or whatever, or a size 00, are you comfortable with that dress? Do you have a power outfit? Like, we, I have a dress that I wear. I like dresses. I'm not even that girly. I like dresses because it's one less outfit, to, one less item of clothing to have to put together. Same. <laughs> but I have a dress that I can wear, and if it's like a last-minute interview or a last-minute whatever, I used to put it on, and I would feel confident. Like, I'm, you know, I'm doing the thing. Like, I can ascend into that room. I'm not juggling outfits or whatever. I have earrings that I wear, hoops. Oh, girl. Give me a good pair of hoops and I feel like superwoman. And so I, I love how you are so, um, you're not just putting together outfits for people because that's what a lot of people think when they think of a style consultant or image consultant. You're helping that person put back together the pieces of themselves that maybe they didn't realize like had that they had within them. Um, are there any tips that you have for women specifically 
I always think about someone that's played a certain role in their life and then maybe they need to pivot. So maybe they've been a stay-at-home mom for years and they're going back into the workforce or they've been a college student and now they're starting the workforce for the first time or they're retired and they're leaving the workforce or they're a new mom and they feel like, you know, their body has changed, they have all these kids attached to them and who am I in all of that? What kind of tips do you have for those types of women? I would say for the beginning of any woman's journey, it's to embrace your now. So many times we spend so much time thinking about tomorrow and the future and, you know, this, that, the other. We even buy our clothes for then instead of for now. So then we don't have anything to wear in our now and embrace our now that makes us feel comfortable or beautiful or loved. And so I say that A number one is to embrace your now. Um, Become open to how your body looks, whether you feel like it's your best or not. And to being able to, if you are a size 16, honey, purchase a 16 because you're going to look heavier in a 14. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a size 18, Mm -hmm. baby girl, purchase, purchase an 18. You know, I have um, a client who's, who was a former NFL cheerleader, was always a zero two and now is feeling the same pressure and pain that I felt when I got up to a 22, 24 because she's now a four six. So what women do, we go through pain. And I don't care if you think that that four six girl, what is she even, she's, she's gained weight. She doesn't feel good in her body. And so embracing your now is the truest thing that we can do. Because if you don't love yourself, I don't care what size you want to be, you're not going to make progress, right? Progress comes from love. Progress doesn't come from beating yourself over the head. I've tried to make that kind of progress. It doesn't work. You don't keep it because at some point you just want to be happy. So whatever progress you want to make with yourself, let's first embrace our now. Number two, let's love on ourselves, right? So it's kind of like you can't plant the seed that will grow the success or grow the change or grow the joy or grow the queendom that you want until you first plowed the field. What do I know from being a small town girl that's uh, very agricultural? That first you must prepare the ground before you plant the seed, right? Mm. So I need you to accept your now, embrace your now. I need you to get up in that mirror, girlfriend. It's called mirror training. And I need you to love on yourself. I don't care if, you, if you're if you now three sizes bigger or smaller or sideways or whatever, girlfriend. I need you to look at yourself in the mirror, right? And I need you to find two or three things that you love about yourself. The three things that I go to when I say three things that I love about myself. One, I love my thighs. Two, I love my lips. And three, I am embracing my shoulders because I have big linebacker shoulders. And I now just feel like, it's more width to put glitter on, you know, so that when I walk around, people have to, you know, just see these uh, big, beautiful shoulders of mine, you know, and it sets yes. the tone for my photos and images. So the, the thing that I used to hate was how wide my shoulders were, you know, that I was always a big girl as now the thing that I really am learning to embrace and to love because there, I have a lot of different neckline options because of those shoulders, you know, so retrain mm, yourself a number one. I dare you to wake up every day for a week and look in the mirror and try to pick out something that you love. Because what happens is we immediately, again, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. I don't care if you drive a Tesla, a Jag, 
1983 Camaro, I don't care what you drive, our first immediate thing is to look into the mirror and to pick out what we hate. That's what we do. So in this transition period, my love, look in the mirror and pick out something and train yourself to, to look at that when you see yourself in the mirror so that you don't hate what you see in the mirror. And you'll begin to see a lot of other changes happen, but that's the greatest way to begin to prepare to sew into yourself by purchasing the wardrobe that she, that she, she, that woman that you're becoming, that wardrobe that she deserves, right? Let's do everything, including um, our purchasing of our wardrobe to benefit the woman that we want to become. It'll change how you spend your money. It'll change how you live your life. It'll change how you think about yourself, right? And so what am I buying her, right? What is my mission for her? Where do I want to be in 10 years and in 20 years? And we start buying clothes for her. We're not buying clothes for her right now. Because in order to become her, you've got to sew into her. So every purchase from that beautiful monogrammed Ralph Lauren blazer that's going to really make you stand up tall when you walk into the room just based off the structure of the garment, right, if we're talking about our work life. Um, an another great place mm -hmm. um, that you can shop for, for great garments if you're a plus size um, is Eloquii. Eloquii has some great jackets and blazers and dresses. Yes. Um, Shakti's got some great dresses. Begin to watch sales, right? Don't be in a hurry. Buy that wardrobe in advance. One piece. Set aside a budget, a monthly budget, even if it's 50 or $20. Um, if it's $20, that's fine, girlfriend. That's fine. That's fine. Watch sales until you can find something that you love. Because what happens is we get in such a hurry to create a wardrobe and to buy things last minute because we don't have anything. Now we have a closet full of I don't mm -hmm. have rather than a closet full of what I love. Yes. One thing that I really liked to um, experiment with my style because I feel like it shifts. I feel like my style shifts when I shift right. the job. <laughs> In the last like five years, I've had different jobs and I've had to, I don't want to fill my closet. If most of my time is spent at work, I want the things that I wear in those work environments to be reflective of, reflective of my style, but also appropriate for that workplace. So whether it's more casual, business casual, librarian chic or whatever, I've changed my style. I really love places like Nordstrom Rack because they have nice quality pieces that are in my size. Um, so I, I've stopped going to places that don't serve me, which I think it should be a trend for Make anything in your life, trendy. but definitely stores. <laughs> like I will never fit into um, certain certain stores. They don't have really good quality plus size options. So I'm not going to sift through the two extra large or double X pants that they might have in this store. I'd rather just go to a location where I can go straight to my size and know that it's going to fit and not be crying in the dressing room and feeling 100%. bad about myself. Um, so I, you know, shop those sales. I love rent the runway. I, I cannot afford designer yes. outfits. I'll like to have yes. in my closet yet. Um, and so rent the runway was great for fashion weeks. It's great for have weddings. And there's so many designers. No, big, I haven't I'm yet. Big I don't know. Big Gwenny B fan. I, I feel like I'm like so loyal to Rent the Runway because it, I think of New York Fashion Week and going to their store in New York and I felt like I was like, I don't know, some sort of like celebrity 
like getting different. I had the unlimited plan, so I could like literally switch my outfit midday, which is super convenient for fashion week because you take so many pictures. But um, I like that that green dress. I think it was green that I wore the last fashion show that we were together. That That was a rent the runway dress. I need to find it and buy it because I've never felt so confident. It fit me perfectly. I didn't care about whatever size it said. I felt royal. It was this nice, beautiful, jewel-toned dress. I had my cute little booties. I was freezing my butt off. But I felt like I belonged, and you couldn't tell me anything. I could have lived in that dress. It was an amazing dress. But that's how I discovered that that kind of dress, that designer, makes outfits for me. And now if I wanted to invest in a dress or a staple item, I know who to go to. I know what cuts work for me. And I can wear that design, that shape, whatever workplace I I work in. But um, can you just give us a quick rundown of what Style It Factor is? absolutely. I love Style It Factor. It is a blog that is turning into a style agency, a styling agency that um, my business partner, Stephanie, and I started. (coughs) Stephanie is actually my style bestie. We've been best friends for since we were 25, so like 12, 12, 13 years. Um, And it's been a really amazing journey, but we started it from a very organic standpoint. Um, I first founded the blog about a year before she and I partnered on it. I just realized that the the vision was bigger than I could carry by myself. And I also wanted to see women represented. So I really began to pray about what the shift was because I knew that God wasn't going to allow me to desert the vision. I needed to know how to carry it. And so the crazy part is that Stephanie and I lived together in our mid-20s, and we had we dressed so good for those three years. Like, it was amazing because we <laughs> were the same size. So we were, like, back and forth between each other's closets, and she'd have on her earrings, my necklace, my top, her bottoms, and her shoes. The only sad part about Stephanie and I is that we don't wear a similar size shoe. So, you know, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, we would have had 500 shoes instead of just 350 pairs of shoes to choose from. So, so, you know, style it factor is super organic for us because we've been, we, we, we dress each other. We've been dressing each other since we were, I don't know, in our mid twenties, you know, now we're, um, 37, uh, we're, uh, my birthday is October 4th. Her birthday is October 5th, you know. Um, we come from neighboring small towns, so it's hilarious that we didn't meet until college, but we didn't really become best friends until um, our mid-20s, and then now we have had the opportunity to do what we, what we already were doing, which is style each other and show other people, you know, how to do it, and us both being fashion stylists and image consultants, it's just such an incredible thing because we really have an opportunity to help other people of all sizes. And the thing is, we have the st- same story, Odeki, of we didn't like ourselves always. We didn't feel comfortable in our skin. We, we weren't sure how to dress our new bodies mm-hmm. when we gained weight or lost weight. You know, we, we, and, and we love fashion, so we can't imagine how confusing it is for someone who doesn't, you know, who really is just like, hey, guys, like, I want to look beautiful and feel good in my skin, but, I'm, you know, I've, I've had two kids and my body is different. And so our commitment with Style It Factor really is to style education. You know, tonight we are hosting a workwear workshop, 
And that workshop mm. is going to be, you know, one full hour of us. We've done everything from create a workbook that has a checklist to um, giving away a free uh, virtual style session to one of the people that's, you know, registered for the workshop. Because even within our Style It Factor community, um, our Facebook group is Style It Factor VIP, and we're at Style It Factor on Instagram. We want to not just talk about it, but be about it. Um, we've, we've recently committed mm, to yes. every Friday on our blog at styleitfactor.com being a fashion Friday, but it being more than, we were doing get the look, but I was like, Stephanie, like, how does this serve our people if it's just a pretty outfit? Like, that's not enough for us because we, we, we committed a long time ago to serving our people. So by, we need to show them how to do this. We need to come up with a different topic each week. You know what I mean? And show you, okay, this, I have a blah, blah, blah size body. Who can wear this? You know, what body shape can wear this? Um, you don't have to get this top from, from, Ashley, Lur, from Ashley Stewart. Um, you know, th this is what this yeah. thing looks like. And this is where you can wear this outfit. Because a lot of what I also realized, I taught a workshop at um, The Vault. Uh, resale and they do a lot of celebrity resale and celebrity closets in Missouri mm -hmm. a couple years ago and she said make sure when you talk about the outfits during the workshop that I was teaching you tell them where to wear it because she realized yes. in their store um, that women didn't know where to wear things so on Fashion Friday on our blog we want to teach people here's, here's how you can wear it and here's what you can wear and, and this is where you can wear that outfit because some people also can't afford us as stylists, right? But we still desire to yeah. serve our community and serve our people because we really believe that you're not too old, you're not too fat, you're not too skinny. Girlfriend, it doesn't matter, you know, how many kids you have or how many divorces or how happy or not happy. None of that stuff matters. What matters is your now. Let's sew into your now so that you can sew into your future. Because we really believe in women. We believe in introducing them to great designers. Um, tomorrow's blog post is Beck from Beck Bags. Uh, we're, you know, really working hard to, mm. you know, highlight and feature people that we know from the industry that we want other people to know, to have discussions about body positivity, how to create outfits, beauty tips, you know, whatever we can get our hands on. Because we just, we believe that this is something that God gave us to serve others. That is so awesome. And you really do have a great community. I love all your tips. I love how um, accessible it is because you're right. Not everybody has the funds or maybe they're just not there yet. They're still working on plowing the grass or the soil and preparing themselves to plant the seeds. And you really create such great energy, such a great community. And in terms of engagement, I'm sure like from a social media marketing perspective, you have such amazing engagement because of that positive community and those resources that you give. I remember you went into Nordstrom Rack and you went live and you were talking about this shoe and this shoe is great for like work. And if you want to be more comfortable, go with a like a thicker heel, all these tips that some people literally have no idea about anything when it comes to style, fashion, and things like that. And that gives them the confidence, and they don't have to ask the question, or they feel comfortable asking a question about what neckline is good for this, and how do I um, 
do this or that? Or what tips do you have for showing off my figure or taking a dress that you probably found on like amazing sale and making it look amazing on you? And you have tips about accessory. I mean, you're the accessories <laughs> queen. <laughs> I remember I thought I was looking great and you're like, here's a necklace, here's some I'm bracelets. Sure like, pulled- I just you can do more. Too, probably like, okay, girl. Yes, like, you're like, he, here's a pin, <laughs> like, step it up. And I was like, oh man, okay. And it's true. Like, you can take a basic black dress, throw on a nice belt, throw on some amazing jewelry, some good shoes. And now it goes from just being a basic dress to being a fabulous outfit. And you feel more confident in it. You shine, you ascend. And I just love, I love all of your tips. And I'll share the information about Style It Factor, the blog, and the Facebook community in the show notes. Now it's to the part of the show that I like to call Roses and Thorns. You share a recent rose or a good thing that's happened to you. And then you share a thorn, which might have been a bump along the way in the last couple of days. Okay. Uh, so what's one rose okay. and one um, thorn? Well, so the thorn, I would say this week, as we are in the middle of, I would say we've done a lot of weeks, but we haven't done a giveaway in the middle of the week and a workshop in the middle of the week and like all these things. And we're getting ready for some other big projects that are coming up. So we're doing a lot of meetings and all these kind of things. And so for us in the background of everything, it's like super, super crazy. Um, and, and I just was so overwhelmed. I would say that that's my it sounds like, I guess it's a rose and a thorn all together. So, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, this was yesterday. I was like, I, I just, I don't know if I can do, I, I don't know if I can keep up. I, I, I want to cry. I'm behind on all these things. Oh, what am I going to do? And in the middle of it all, I heard Luke 6:38, press down, shaken together for the good of those that love him, you know? And like God just shared with me that the blessings in the press, you know? So in the middle of a rose and a thorn, I realized that the blessings in the press, you know, the next level comes when you keep working, even when you think you can't, when you change your mind and you say, you know what, I'm getting muscles from this. I'm I'm learning how to do another level of business. I'm learning how to go to another place. I'm not going to accept how I feel. I'm going to create my reality and I'm going to go on and be great. And I think um, being a former athlete really helps me in that way. Um, because at some point I was a 400 runner, right? And at some point when you get to that 200 meter mark, you have to decide whether to, um, whether to take off and get ready to sprint or whether to sit until that last hundred. And so every day we Mm. have an opportunity to really decide because every day is a 400 meter race, right? Every day we get to that 200 yes. meter mark and we have to decide, am I going to go on and, I, and I'm just going to increase my speed and I'm going to just start sprinting or do I just wait till I get to that last 50 mark? And so for me, I was like, you know what, I'm going to get a good night's sleep. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to attack this 400. And so today I woke up and I felt that attack come on. And so I think we have to just start looking at every day as an opportunity to have a rose and a thorn and see the beauty in both. Yes, I love that analogy of, I was also, you know, once upon a time, a sprinter, the most I ever did was probably the 400. And yeah, that's a great analogy. You have to kind of like kick it in gear and you have to be strategic about your next move because you don't want to kick it in gear too fast and burn yourself out. 
you have to decide when you want to put in that extra bit of energy to finish that task or finish the race efficiently. And um, sometimes life feels like a, a mile, <laughs> four laps around, <laughs> and you're just like, oh my gosh, I have one more lap to go. Um, and you have to like keep that consistent energy and keep going, keep pressing. And just um, one thing my coach always pressed was your pacing and your stride and that form because when your body is tired when you see people passing you or creeping up behind you the thing that that kind of that technique and that form will keep you going and keep you winning and consistent in your path and in your race and looking to your right or left is not going to keep you consistent keeping looking forward keeping that form and I apply that now as a uh, a weightlifter, uh, a powerlifter, and like somebody might try to do a new snazzy way of lifting the weights, which really doesn't make sense. But consistency and form and knowing what works for your body, what works for you, will always carry you through. And if the minute you you stray away from that, that's when the the road really gets tough, right? It's like, why were you trying to look and copy someone else when you already knew what was best for you. Just keep on that path. The end will come. The journey is not over. And just keep that pace. And so, yeah, that pacing analogy is really, it's a really cool one. Thank You're you. You're so welcome. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I live my life like I'm on the, like I'm on the track, you know. Um, I learned yes. to keep my head down and pay attention to my lane. I learned that when the gun went off, it wasn't for me to look to the left yes. and the right. And I think about that Michael Phelps, um, that Michael Phelps in the Olympics and how the, the young boy from South Africa was the one who was younger and more talented and supposed to beat him, right? And he looked over at Michael. He looked yes. over. And girl, yes. I, you know, the one thing that Stephanie and I talk about all the time is let's develop our lane. Let's help people along the way. Yes. Let's pay no attention to what anybody else is doing. If we can add, we'll add. You know what I mean? If we can help, we'll help. But it's yes. not important to us the speed at which anybody else goes. We need to make sure that we're, we have our stuff down so that it's about the longevity. And so I, I think when you kind of, yes. you know, take the pacing out of it and take the pacing for somebody else, because you and I know that. So, for instance, I was a taller runner, so I needed to sit until the 200, right? You are a shorter runner, so mm -hmm. you need to accelerate a little bit faster, slow in the middle, yes. right? Your first 100 and last 100 were your acceleration points, right? Your middle was your yes. place to sit. I was taller, so my acceleration was in the first 50. I sat for 50, sat for 100, sat for 25, and then I made my decision right as I came around the last part of that corner because that last 150 was yes. my important place, right? Because that, and and, yes. and there was one girl who seemed to beat me all the time, and she was shorter than me type of thing, and when I finally made my mind up that my I wasn't going to wait till the last 100, I was going to, I was going to, uh, we started doing overtraining. So I learned to sprint 450 meters instead of just 400 so that I had mm. something left so I say you know this is about us we work quietly in the background you know we build our community you, you build your place out you get your trademarks in place you know what I mean you just keep being quiet and doing it and you just keep 
hosting and loving people along the way. And that makes all the difference when you're creating something that's bigger than yourself. And to you, Ogeshi, I will yes. tell you, I can bet and believe that you didn't know why necessarily you started your blog, but you just felt, you know, you just felt like you needed to do it. You probably didn't know why exactly you started your podcast, but just felt like you needed to do it. And I'm telling you, it's because you're going to be a representation of a, a great movement that's going to be able to change so many women's lives and so into so many women's lives. And it is important. The representation that you're bringing right now is important. The visibility that you're bringing is, is important. And anything that Stephanie and I can do to help you, you just let us know. Oh, my gosh, Liz, stop. Thank you so much. I love, I'm doing a lot of work at accepting compliments. And so I say thank you. I receive it. And it is an honor to be a part of uh, any kind of movement, even if it's greater than I can even imagine. Um, it's scary. It really uh, is yeah. because <laughs> you, you want you want you want to say like um, little old me, really. But I'm I'm learning that like why not oh, me? Why not me? You better say that out loud. Come like on. who else? Why, why not, not me? me? And oh, anyone wow. listening, if you have an idea, if you have a vision, and you even think for a second, well, someone else will probably do it better. Someone else would do it. And let me just wait for them. And why not you Come be that on. someone else? Why not you oh. do it? And how do you know that the way they do it is the way that should be done? There are a million podcasts. There literally are. And there's a million people that interview women. But I have my own insights. I have my own wisdom that God has placed in my heart. And it's up to me to share it the way that I see it. And someone else has their wisdom and insights. And I receive it and I receive inspiration from them all the time. So why not? put that out there into the world who does it serve wow, to keep it to myself no one and so i i really need to own that and uh, like i said i'm receiving more compliments in a way that i don't cringe <laughs> because i used to cringe at kind of <laughs> i used to be like please stop talking i hate attention so i'm like please stop talking about me but i'm i'm working on that i want to thank you so much for um being a guest on for being a guest on this podcast and giving us so many nuggets of great wisdom. And I want to just give you a chance to repeat how people can follow you, follow Style It Factor, and follow along on your journey. You can follow Style It Factor on Instagram and all social media at Style It Factor. And we also have a Facebook group called Style It Factor VIP. Um, you can click on and then let us know how we can help you and serve you. And then once we see that, we screenshot it and keep it in our file so that we you know, know what people were asking for and about so that we can better serve them. And you also can go to our blog three times a week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at styleitfactor.com. And we've got some very special projects that are coming up um, that we're releasing by the end of this year. We strive to do one one like week focus every single month so next month which is september we have um our uh, fall style week that we'll be doing in our group and on our instagram as well so we're just so excited for all the things that are are happening and so excited to support our great sisters like you there are certain people that just drop into your life and leave a ray of sunshine and bliss and liz is definitely one of those people I honestly am so thankful that I met her in that cold New York fashion week and we've become good friends ever since. 
Lily filled so many tidbits and had a glow and confidence, grow in who you are, really understand your identity, and trust God in that process. She shares some style tips in case you are interested and lessons that she gives her clients every single day. If you're interested in following along on Rosie's journey or interested in working with her, I'll leave her Instagram and website information down below. Check out her exclusive Facebook group where she shares style tips weekly with her small besties family. If you haven't checked out the Tell Me If You Can website, go ahead and check it out. And while you're there, join our newsletter. You don't want to miss upcoming giveaways for the end of this year. As always, have a great day in your own amazing story. Thank you.